It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. Well, good evening and welcome again to the Glover's Golden Oldie Show. And this week I'm delighted to welcome back to the club my old friend, ex assistant manager and fullback, Nathan Jones. Good evening, Nathan. How are you doing? I'm good, H. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all, mate. Not too bad at all. It's really good of you to join us on this because, uh, you know, you're a bit of a celebrity one way or another, aren't you? Well, I'm not sure about that. I've, uh, I've, I'm, I think my uh, my popularity's been been higher in the past, but uh, we, we take it as it is. Yeah, absolutely. But um, looking back on your career, Nathan, you started off 1991 at Cardiff City, but, I mean, that's not the first time you started playing football, I'm sure. What Can you remember, you know, the very first time you started kicking a ball around? Yeah, look, I were... Um I, I come from a mining community where we had um, uh, with a football field in the village, and I remember, you know, uh, playing with my dad what, first in the garden, and then when you're sort of old enough to go out and, and to play, we, we played with all uh, all the boys in the village, and we we did it regularly, you know, and it was uh, a real good grounding because we just used to play literally all day. It was back in not quite in well, we used to play in the streets on the curbs. We did have a football a football pitch, but we, we we played all day and every day, and uh, and, and that's my first overriding memories, and then obviously. Joining the boys' club, um, playing for Tree Herbert Boys' Club from from ten year old right up to sixteen when um, when I left to join Cardiff City. So it was uh, no, it was a real good grounding, really. And you you know you're you're very much a Welshman. Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce this. Blanronda is it? Yeah, Blanronda was my yeah. my village, which is uh, the last village. Blind means head, so it's the last village in the uh, in the in the head of the, the Ronda. Really, it's the last village along the line. So couldn't go any further. If you went any further, you you, you into the colliery. So yeah, a real traditional mining community. Yeah, and um, born in 1973, and uh, so if we move on now to 1990, then you you joined Cardiff City, and you in you know the youth academy sort of thing was it yeah look it was a YTS scheme then it was actually 1989 I actually started my um, my apprenticeship at, uh, uh, um, at at Cardiff when I was obviously 16 mm. um, spent three years there um, loved my time there they were uh, you know um, Cardiff's always been a big club and all all my village where you are most of my village were Cardiff fans around from where I am because we're bang in the middle of Cardiff and Swansea but a lot of the valleys there along the valley of Cardiff fans there's a few Swansea ones so uh, now it's a real um, a real joy to, to, to play for your boyhood club if you if you like I know I know a lot of that's a cliche now with people but for, for me it was you know with mm. sort of 70 miles down the road it was the biggest club in the area the local one you either was a Cardiff or Swansea fan and, uh, and I was a Cardiff so I was delighted to sign for them must have you know must have been a, a, a real high for you from a, from the point of view of joining as you say joining your kind of you know your childhood club but I mean suddenly realising you were on the road to becoming a professional footballer well look it's it pretty much I think a high percentage of young boys dreams to be a footballer you, you never believe you hope and you, you, you fight and you train and you you know you pray that you're gonna gonna get an opportunity um, and when I got it I, I couldn't believe it you know I could I had a chance to sign for Bristol City or Cardiff City at the time um, I I chose uh, Cardiff basically because after the chats I'd had with them I, I, I thought it was a better a better one for me and they knew me they'd see me play quite a lot so it was um, so it was a real good try and then to you know to sign a YTS and, and to go and to live in Cardiff and to be a full time footballer as it was was, was was an absolute dream come true Any any big names with you there? Well we, we did actually because we uh, you know the, the, and the people remember Nathan Blake was, was, was a little bit older than me and Damon Searle who both sort of played um, played for Wales but but sort of towards the end 
end of my apprenticeship, in my last year, um, there was a lot of good players that played for Cardiff. People like Robbie James, so God rest his soul, um, and he'll he'll be sort of prominent further down my career. But uh, Robbie James, um, Kevin Ratcliffe played, um, uh, who, were, who were two massive names in in Welsh in Welsh rugby. I did a boy called Paul Ramsey. Um, who played for Leicester for pretty much all his career? Jason Perry, I was Jason Perry's boot boy, um, and uh, you know some, some real good names in Welsh football. Sort of played for Cardiff uh, at the time, along with people like Chris Pike and Carl Dale, who were who are Cardiff legends now. Because Carl Dale was a Yeovil player as well. Yeah, and look, him and him and him and Pikey, you know, uh, sort of formed a, a real good little and large partnership, and they and they got some promotions with Cardiff, and they, they're two legends. I think you know, I don't know what Chris Pike's doing now, but I know Carl Dale's still an ambassador of the club, um, still exactly looks exactly the same, same size, same shape, and everything. You you know, and uh, and he, he was a legend of the club. So yeah, I know he, he played for Yeovil, and I think there was a few links really with with the proximity of, of Bristol and Cardiff and, and Yeovil, with a, with a few of them have overlapped in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think from memory, Carl Dale scored for Yeovil to earn us a draw against Cardiff in the FA Cup, that well, down at Ninian Park, that was. Yeah, and as I said, it was, uh, well, Yeovil in the past had a real giant-killing sort of uh, name, obviously, um, and reputation, and, uh, and, and I said a lot of players went on from Yeovil, as you know, to after the exploits and one in the, in the cup, two in in the league, to, to, to sort of uh, different clubs and higher clubs, and uh, and I think you no, know, Carl David did. I think his, his, his most successful time was at Cardiff, and as I said, not to repeat myself, but he's, he's a real legend at Cardiff now. Mm-hmm. But, but your your kind of your your journey, uh, it took a rather sort of unusual t- turn, shall we say, my stake part. Ton Pendry, Merthyr Tidville, okay, they're all, you know, very much in your area, so one could understand that. But then then Luton, but you didn't stay long at Luton, and you ended up in Spain. What happened there? Yeah, look, it was, it was a funny couple of, uh, <coughs> a funny few years. I was at Cardiff, and um, I was, uh, I, I was like a pro at Cardiff and not playing in the first team. And then Robbie James was offered the, the Merthyr, um, was, was offered the Merthyr job, um, and there was a little bit of trouble in, in it. And I, mean, I played for Maestri Park earlier when I was younger. But so what I did is I went from Cardiff, played for Tom Pendry just for a few games to take over before I was actually going to sign for Merthyr. Right. Um, so I, 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 um, Robbie had obviously spoke to me and, and and wanted me to follow him to to Merthyr because he he was leaving Cardiff to be player manager at Merthyr. Um, and he wanted me to go with him. And I, I, you know, it was a chance for me to play. You know, Conference football, a league down from where Cardiff were back. First team football, that for me was better than sitting in Cardiff's reserves. So I went. That, that I just had, I think it was one or two games for Tom Pendrell while while Robbie was sorting everything out with himself. And then and then look, I went I went to Merthyr and uh, and enjoyed um, a really good year and a half there. And I with Robbie, I played Tommy Hutchinson. I played real good players there. Some wonderful, wonderful players. Um, uh, I played for, with, with with a guy called Matthew Holdem, Holdem who who also played for for Yeovil, who passed away now. Um, uh, but a, a real uh, a real good club and a club that that I loved playing for. I, I, um, I, in my second year, I was under Colin Addison, again another Yeovil link, um, and and he's the one that, that, that really got it out of me. And, uh, and and I said I had an opportunity after my second year to either signed for Coventry in the Premier League or Luton in the in the in the championship. 
so it was a good spell for me that right well it's time for Nathan's first song choice and that is a song called Mr Brightside by The Killers There with Mr. Brightside. So, um, but Luton, you didn't stay long at, did you? No, I got a bit of a look just before. 
before I actually there's a link as well just before I I signed for for Luton I um I played in in Wales non-league um Wales England non-league and it's actually at Jewish Park um uh, and and uh, and played there and that's when a lot of scouts were there and that's when I got I got seen I got a lot of interest from then and uh, David Peake was the manager of Luton at the time and had watched me for pretty much three quarters of the season and then and then came in for me and. Uh, I, I, I signed for Luton. It was a big, big move for me, really, coming from obviously a conference club to a championship club and one who hadn't long come down from the first division uh, under a manager like David Pete, who I knew really, you know, uh, from watching him on TV and so on. Um, and uh, and it, it was a wonderful, wonderful move. It didn't turn out to be as, as illustrious as I would have liked because after a month of me signing, David Pete left um, and. Terry Wesley took over. Now, I wasn't. I didn't get on particularly well with Terry Wesley because he never, never gave me an opportunity really. And I think he just wanted to bring his. And I understand now he wanted to bring his own players into. So it wasn't a successful time at, at, at Luton, but I loved the club. I loved the, the people there. Um, I loved who I was working with. A course called Wayne Turner, and I learned a lot. Mm. Did um, David Pleat have his cream-coloured suit on? <laughs> I think he was. But for the time I got, I think he's. Uh, over to Spain now then in 1995 Badajoz is it? Badajoz? Badajoz it's called Hmm. yeah and it was with Colin Addison again Colin Addison was um, had gone out there he obviously used to be in Spain with Atletico Madrid and Celta Vigo and Cadiz and he went out there and uh, I had um, I'd I'd spent a year at Luton and um, uh, uh, and wasn't playing so he came in and asked me would I be would I be interested I I, I wasn't actually because I even though I wasn't playing regularly at, at Luton I did actually love and I was learning I was still young but when I went out to um, out to Badajoz I, I spent 10 days out there um, the club allowed me to go out and to see it and, uh, and when I went out there I, I loved it and um, and it was probably one of the best moves probably one of the most testing times in my career but one of the best uh, best times in my career and of course you learned Spanish pretty fluently yeah. I think right um, yeah. and, and then moved on to Numancia yeah uh, Colin left after after a year we narrowly missed out on the playoffs to Rafa Benitez's is, is Extremadura team um, uh, up to the, to the Primera Liga. So uh, Colin came home. Um, I still had another year left out there, so I remained for a little while and then got transferred to a club called Numancia hmm. who were, were looking to get promoted that year. Um, and that was, was a wonderful move as well. It enabled me to, to obviously learn fluently Spanish. Um, I was immersed in a real good part of Spain in, in Soria, which is near Legroño, um, which is the, the Rioja region, um, sort of north of Madrid, south of Bilbao. So hmm. two big cities in Spain and, uh, and you know, made some good friends, learned the language. Um, it wasn't the most entertaining place to live, but it was it was one where we could knuckle down and play football. Um, and, and I enjoyed my time there, and it, and it was a, a wonderfully successful time as well because we got promoted. 
promoted that year, went 29 games unbeaten um, and got promoted. So it was, uh, it was a really good year. Well, now it's time for Nathan's second record, which is Sex on Fire by the Kings of Leon. <laughs> Sex on Fire by the Kings of Leon. don't really think sex and fire go together. But enough of this idle chat. Let's get back to Nathan. Okay, so then it was uh, 1997, back to England and Southend United. Yeah, uh, as I said, my opportunity to stay in Spain another year, which I had no problem doing. But then he came in and offered me sort of a three, I've made one chance to come back into English football. 
but obviously they offered me a three-year contract at the time, which um, I, I, I felt was too good to turn down at the time. Uh, I did want to come back to England at some point, um, because I knew it couldn't start at all my career, but it was just finding the right club to do it. So then was a, I'd just come down from the championship, was looking to, to get back straight back up. Alvin Martin was the manager, so again, another name, and they had some very, very good players, big names. Mike Marsh, uh, people like Paul, uh, Paul Byrne, and Jerome Boa, who, who uh, would, would all be at Celtic and West Ham, respectively. So it was it was a good club, um, uh, and it was, a, it was an opportunity for me to come back into English football. And uh, I said, I, I, I did enjoy it. It was a bit of up and down time. Uh, two very good years there, one year sandwich in between one very poor year, which I ended up on, on loan at, at Scarborough. Um, but it was was a real good, real good three years. I, I, I enjoyed my time there, made good friends, um, uh, worked with some good people there, um, and as I said, it was, uh, it was it was a good time for me. No, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but would I be right in saying that there are two clubs that you've fallen in love with? One's Brighton, and the other one's the Oval Town. And you went to Brighton. Yes, uh, you know after 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 I uh, uh, sort of did three years. I, I, well, ironically, I'm witness what sometimes happens with players. In my final year, I probably my best year. So I had sort of the player of the year, or you know, I, I scored all the player of the year, uh, sort of accolades really that year. And I had a bit of interest, but Mickey Adams, I knew what Mickey Adams was trying to build at Brighton, and he came in and, and offered me an opportunity. And I, I did a bit of research on one on Mickey two on the club, three on the player he was signing. Um, I knew that it was it was a fantastic place to live, and it was. It was uh, once I knew that they were interested. It was the only place really I could assign to three or four clubs. It was probably the only place I really wanted to go, and uh, and it was probably my most successful time as a player because um, we got three promotions in five years, um, and I really I got to work with some good managers there. You know, I worked with Peter Taylor, I worked with, with Mark McGee, but but working with Mickey really shaped, um, and and I think I I. I, I he was just a, someone I really liked working with. Mickey he was he was massively fitness based and organisation and structure, and 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 that's all I craved as a player. I loved working hard. Um, I loved being inspired. I loved a, a manager there that drove you on. And uh, and I'd taken a, a bit off Mickey to be honest with you. And uh, and I said it was a fantastic time, um, wonderful place to live. As I said, three promotions. Won a playoff final, um, uh, and it was you know, it, it was excellent, real, really successful time. And as you said, good people at the club. I've been very fortunate actually to work with some good clubs. I've not not enjoyed any club I've worked for, um, and the people that have that have been there and, and but at Brighton they were special people, and I've still got a very uh, uh, tight bond with with those people. Um, as as it was because I went back as assistant manager, uh, spent three years in the system there as well. So and then of course going back as assistant manager with your your uh, fluent Spanish must have been very useful with uh, what was the guy's name now have it uh... well I think I say and I think it contributed to that as well you know mm. obviously me um, they wanted someone who knew the club that was a good coach and, and, and spoke and was bilingual so I, I I hope I ticked all three boxes they obviously thought I ticked all three boxes yeah um, and I went back and I worked with three you know I had three years three different managers three different cultures three different yeah. It was a wonderful learning curve for me, and uh, I learned a lot from Oscar. Um, I learned a lot from Sammy Hippier, and, and working with him was, was, was a real treat. Um, and then, obviously, under Chris Hutton, who probably was, as, 
on me in terms of managerial because I I learned how to how to manage a football club uh, from Chris because he's that's one thing that he's, he's excellent at. And and if you had to um, if you had to choose between which club means the most to you between Brighton and Yeovil, what would it be? Oh, look, I think to be honest, there's a number of clubs, and I have to I have to put Luton into that because it was my first. Um, with Brighton, I, I, I love the city. I immersed myself in the city. I, I, I love the people there. I got to know a real lifelong friends there. And obviously, he was very, very successful. And it was a real wrench to leave, leave Brighton. Um, uh, I, I, I had to for my career because I, I, in my final year, I only played about 22, 23 games, which wasn't enough for me at the time. I was 32 and I wanted to prolong my career. So then it was a real big choice to where to go. And I, I was lucky enough to have about four or five offers. Um, but when I met Gary Johnson and Gary sold me everything and I went to the town that was not I'm really serious about playing football then then Yeovil was and he was up in town. Now we all know Gary Johnson's very persuasive. Um did he you know, was it much of a hard sell or did you come fairly fairly easily to Yeovil? No, no, no. It, look, it, it wasn't such a hard sell. I, I, I came, I went and met a number of clubs. Um I you know, I met I, I, I met Phil Parkinson, I, I met uh, Martin Ling I met a lot of managers in, in that thing. but when, when I came back I already knew of Yeovil because we'd played you in pre-season the year before yeah. and you had just come up from the conference um, we had uh, um, we had just come down from the championship but it was the year that we actually went straight back up um, uh, and, and won the playoff and we had a real good team and we were we were brilliant under Steve Coppel through pre-season in the first 10 games um, and we ended up obviously winning the playoff final that year but but at that time when we played Yeovil we were actually a very very good side and we played Yeovil and Yeovil absolutely ripped us apart in pre-season mm-hmm. I remember marking Gavin Williams and uh, and him giving me a really tough time and uh, so I, it stuck in my mind how good a football inside they were and when that came up I thought no that's, that's that suited me and uh, and what they were looking for and a bit of experience because they didn't have much league experience in their side and they wanted you know a bit of a leader and someone who's, so I, I it just it just fit in it was a project I really really wanted again I was slightly un- unfortunate I didn't work with Gary for long because he went to Bristol City but um, my time at the club was was a wonderful one and, and, and I'm so glad that I made that choice because uh, I met some wonderful people at the club and really good people who I, who I class as again lifelong friends it's it's a, it's a superb club, um, everyone. And if I'm honest, the, the chairman John Fry sort of pulled me about four or five months in, and it said, "Look, we see you being here long term, so you know, make sure you do your badges, make sure you you think because we like what we see." And, and that that stuck in my mind. And as it was, I was there seven and a half years. Yeah. Um, so I got to the playoff final. Um, uh, I had, uh, it was my first sort of stint into being assistant manager uh, along with Terry. Um, or sort of assisting Terry in, in his first job so it was a real grounding for me and a starting point and they showed a lot of faith in me over and for that I'll be eternally grateful you know mm. I can remember when we went over to um, Holland for one of the yeah. pre seasons and the one thing that I I always remember you for this <laughs> I was in my room and you guys were training and uh, they obviously worked out some sort of a cross country type course or whatever yeah. and off you went all together <laughs> and I kept noticing the gap between you and everybody else was stretching and stretching and stretching you must have lapped the field I think about three times on that particular run unbelievable well I, I, 
that was that was probably my strength as a footballer. Really, I, you know, my fitness and my determination, and my work rate, mm. um, and uh, it was um, uh, yeah. Look, I, and and I, I came down there determined to to to, to, to really have a good time and to, and to put my stamp on, on things and so on. And look, I, I loved my time. They're great lads. Uh, the Holland trip was a wonderful one because it instantly gets you get you close to people and uh, and, and, and so on. And look, yeah, I, I, I had a wonderful time at Global. I said he was a bit up and down. We had a few managers, um, obviously Gary, we had Tomo, and then and then Russ, who, who's, who, who I really enjoyed working under. Um, uh, and then obviously we, we took over. So yeah, but, but that, my fitness level, was, if, I, if I wasn't as fit as I, I was, um, then I probably would probably have only played half the games that I did. But to say that you were fit is an understatement. I would say, Nathan, you did all the right things, um, everything that I should have done but didn't. So, <laughs> uh, But now you are. You're incredibly fit, and you still are. I have no doubt of that, for sure. Yeah, well, uh, but look, that, that was just part of parcel of what I was. I knew with an early age when I left Cardiff that I had to have something different because I wasn't going to be, uh, you know, have a career on durability alone. So I knew I needed an edge, and that was one thing I did when I was at Merth, that I, I, I trained harder than, than anyone I know. I was fitter than anyone. Yeah, yeah. So when you finally decided it was time to hang up your boots, um, you know, what was the motivation behind that? I mean, was it, it couldn't have been lack of fitness because I know you would have still been fit. No, I think, I, I think I've come to a point at, at, at Yorville, obviously, when, when Gary Johnson came in um, and the second second time and obviously it, it, it uh, uh, sort of took over from Terry, I think then I realised that was my opportunity. I never wanted to leave um over while Terry was manager, but we had got to a point, without being disrespectful to anyone, where we, we, we were just treading water, really, um, mm. because we needed, we were, it was our first jobs, we, not to say we weren't ready, and I'm not, I'm not saying we weren't ready, but to form a philosophy and to do it, we, we, were, we were just getting by, and we were doing a decent job with it, because we kept the side, you know, in League One every year, and comfortably in League One every year. Um, it's just I wasn't feeling I was learning, so that gave me an opportunity when Gary took over. Darren was there as well. Um, Gary would want to do coaching, so would Terry. Darren did myself. So it, it was too many cooks. Really. So that gave me an opportunity to pursue different things. And I went to the club, told them of my of my desires to to, to move on. And it, it wasn't like finishing playing because I was I was fit enough. I had no problem. Still had a year left on my contract. But we came to an to an amicable agreement. Myself and the club allowed them then to use my money to go out and to sign um, uh, McAllister from Bristol City, which was a great signing for them anyway. Um, and then I was able to go and to pursue other things. I was fortunate enough to get a job at Charlton under Paul Hart, um, who's probably been the biggest influence on my career. Um, so it was a wonderful year for me. It was a wonderful year for Yobu because they went up to the championship that year. And we were to be reignited once, once again when I went to Brighton in the championship. So, look, it was... It was it was a real amicable parting because they understood that I wasn't content just to be one of four coaches at Yeovil. I wouldn't have learned what I learned if I just stayed there. And uh, yes, I would have, could have got promotion and, and things, but I needed to learn. So that that's why my my it was a wrench leaving, but that's why I did it. And I went and, and took a step back, if you like, went to development football, tested my philosophy so that I would be ready and use it as a bit of a springboard to, to move forward. And look, it worked out well for me, it worked out well for Yovo. Um, so look, I, I appreciate the club's understanding and, and obviously I think I helped them out a little bit as well. More music now and it's Mull of Kintyre from Wings. <laughs>
McCartney and Wings there with Mullavkin Tire. So on the 6th of January 2016, it says here in Wikipedia, you left your role as first team coach at Brighton to become manager of uh, League Two club Luton Town, who you had a, a bit of an affinity with anyway. Yeah. When I was at, uh, when I was at Brighton, obviously, I was, I was very grateful. I had good education. I, I, did, I did a year at, um, at, at obviously, Charlton. I, I'd... While I was at Charlton, halfway through that, I had an opportunity and I met a League One club um, to see if, if I would uh, want to be their manager. I didn't feel I was ready. So I went I went to Brighton and I had a call at the end of that year. We had a fantastic year, a real successful year with the under 21s uh, at Charlton. And then I ended up going to, to Brighton and, and learning under, under, as I said, three managers. Now, during that time, I had a I know I'd, 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 I'd a real good sort of three years, worked with England under 21s uh, on a few occasions, um, was sort of hopefully building a reputation as a coach. And then I had a, a few approaches from uh, from people to, to be managers in terms of, I, I know I, I, I went and, and met Plymouth and met Cambridge, but they, they weren't quite, I wasn't quite ready at that time for, for those opportunities. And then when when Luton came in, it was it was too big a pull, if you like. I mean, it was uh, we were doing fantastically well in the championship, um, uh, you know, uh, in around the top top two or three, um, pretty much all season with Brighton. Um, I was learning under Chris, um, I had a lot of responsibility with him, but so we would have taken something something really interesting to leave. And then once I met Luton, they gave me permission to just sort of meet them. Once I met Luton and. and they sold me the vision and what they want and what they want to achieve and I sort of did the same and what I was looking for and what I, I felt I could do and then it, it was it was too big a club to turn down really and uh, and I uh, sort of joined there and um, and uh, I had a wonderful few wonderful three years and real good success um, and and, uh, and 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 I said that was probably uh, along with um, Brighton, Yeovil, and Luton, the three clubs that I've, I've fallen in love with, really, in terms of an affiliation with the fans, with the people. And it was you know, pretty much the, the three clubs that I spent the longest time there. Mm. But, you, you, you know, you could basically say you, you came of age as a manager there in so much as you were very successful. Um, you know, you took the team up eventually. I mean, that must have been a hell of a thrill. No, we, look, we had, a, we had a wonderful time there. The first year we came in, we had to evaluate everything, see who we could take forward and, and see if we could win some games. They were 18th in League Two when we took over. Um, you know, the crowd was, the stadium was half full, 6,000 fans. Uh, and they were in a, in a bit of a you know, tricky spot. They were a big, big club, big fish in a, in a relatively small part. Then were expected to do well. John still had done wonderful in getting them up from the conference. But it had taken them five years to get from the conference and they didn't really want to want to be in League 2 that long so I, I said look we'll, we'll be a championship club within three and three and a well I said four years but we, we did it in three um, uh, and and they you know they felt well okay if you think you can do that then, then go and do it and, uh, 
relatively successful time, narrowly missed out on promotion and the final. Um, and then we recruited well again, and then we, you know, we got promoted with a, with a wonderfully attacking side. Um, really had a strong squad, played some wonderful football. Scored only Man City scored more goals than us, and and it was a, a wonderful, wonderful season. We carried that on. We recruited well again in in the summer. Carried that on and 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 got to the top of the league in League One pretty quickly as well. So it was um, it was a real real good time and, and you know, the crowd we were packing the stadium out. We we, we had assets. We had players that were, were coveted. And we'd, we'd we'd sold obviously three four players to to the championship um, uh, along with two more in, in obviously this summer to the Premier League. So we, we really did recruit well. We, we built the philosophy there, and we and we turned the club around. And uh, and, and look, a lot of the lot of credit has to go to the people at the you know the board, the chief exec, the board at Luton were, were wonderful to work for, and the fans took me to to, to heart. And, and we really, really did build something there, and uh, and they're, they're still sort of benefiting benefiting from that today. And you you had uh, you, you mentioned Paul Hart, but you also had uh, Mick Harford there as well. So we had a good little team together, didn't you? Yeah, look, we've 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 had uh, I've got good people around me, you know. As I said, Paul Hart, I've uh, I've taken with me wherever I've gone. I learned a lot from him at Luton at, uh, at Charlton, sorry. And it was, you know, I really, really love working with him. He's a good friend, but we also are very like-minded in terms of philosophy, how we see the game, how we see discipline, how we see environment. And it was, you know, it's been a joy to work with him. Then, obviously, we had uh, Mick was appointed at the same time as me as a head of recruitment, but but Mick's value was really around the place in terms of, you know, he's a real good guy. He's um, uh, very experienced, very respected, and that sort of brushed off. And then I had two young coaches with me. Um, my sports scientist, who, 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 who's, who's, who's very good, and also a young Spanish coach. So we've got a good blend of youth and experience, and, and that showed because I said the biggest thing we did have at Luton that we recruited very, very well players, characters, and it was a wonderful, wonderful group to work with. Some more music now, and um, this time we got Mr. Frank Sinatra. I get a kick out of you. I get no kick from champagne Mere alcohol, it doesn't move me at all So tell me why should it be true That I get a kick out of you Some like the bop-type refrain I'm sure that if I heard even one riff Twit to bore me terrifically too Yet I get a kick out of you I get a kick every time I see you standing there before me I get a kick Though it's clear to me You obviously don't adore me I get no kick in a plane Flying too high with some gal in the sky Is my idea of nothing to do Yet I get a kick out of you 
get a kick every time I see you standing there before me. I get a kick, though it's clear to me you obviously do not adore me. I get no kick in a plane. Flying too high with some gal in the sky is my idea of nothing to do. Yet I get a kick, yes, I get a kick, yes, I get a kick. Now, we all know football management is a stressful job, and I know that you are a very devout Christian. Um, did you call upon your faith at any time during your your journey? Oh, yes, you have to. I mean, this, it, it, I, I, right throughout my football career, I always I always called upon my faith and was always massive to my to my career. And I made choices, you know, uh, on that and consult God in all in all things, and He's, he's in the constant. <laughs> I mean, you know, bearing in mind that you you were you were in love with Luton um, at that particular time, um, how how did the decision making process work when when Stoke came in for you? Well, we were we were getting a lot of interest from from Championship clubs because of how we what was the job we'd done at Luton and how Luton were playing and how good you know, the, the team was and and, that, and and everyone at the club deserved credit for that. Um, but we were getting a lot of a lot of championship interest. We we turned four down. Um, we, we you know and and we were getting a lot of we were linked with with a lot more um, because you know obviously the, the job we were doing. But I never felt I needed to leave Luton because you know it was it was a, it was a fantastic project. We had done great work. We had a great team. So we would have taken something more special to do that. All right, now we've got Nathan's final choice of music, and this is Sit Down with James. Day. Swing from high to deep, a 
I would have thought that your I mean I saw a couple of your um, very emotional uh, press conferences and I would have thought that would have endeared you to the fans and even though yes you were chances are you were going to leave very shortly but I mean that must have helped you from a perception of the club uh, the fans and how they thought on you well fans never ever ever veered really um, they saw what we were trying to do and then I was given a lot of patience because the owners saw the work that we did on a daily basis mm. um, uh and, and that's why I was given the time I was. I mean, we, we did a lot of good work there, which will now stand this next manager in, in, in good stead um, in terms of the environment, in terms of what we did. We, we, we put a little bit of our, our stamp on it. It's difficult to shout from the rooftops about those things because 
managers. Um, and then this year we've just been unlucky. We've, you know, our numbers were very good. We should have been a top six side. The owners saw that, and that's why we were given the patience. We were mm. a very good relationship with the stock owners, and I thank them for the opportunity and the patience. But they also saw that the work that we did on a daily basis. Yeah, but I mean, can you put your finger on what went wrong? No, look, it's one of those things. You know, um, in hindsight, maybe we've done one or two things differently. But but look, we were. We had a wonderful pre-season. We were set up as a really attacking football inside. Uh, we missed, you know, our numbers in terms of the chances we created and missed were very, very high. Uh, the chances that we conceded and allowed were very low. It's just when teams did have one, they usually scored, and whether that was through good play or through errors from us, a lot of things sort of conspired, really. And it's not sour grapes because at the end of the day, you have to, you have to find a way to get results. That's football management, but. In terms of the work and the preparation and, and the performance levels, they were very high, very high. It's just for some reason or another, it was very difficult to, to fathom why we didn't get the results that we, we felt we deserved. And I'm assuming your, your faith came in, in quite useful in that particular situation as well. Of course it has to. And, you know, through you, you never get too high, you never get too low. You, you try to and, 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 you know, your faith keeps you on a, a, a grounded and keeps you on an equilibrium and uh, on an even keel, if you like. And I, I needed that because I said we had three years of pure highs at, uh, at Luton and then, uh, you know, a 10 months of tough time, of tough fight. But I've got good people around me, my wife, my family, um, uh, my wife's family, all good supporters. I've got good staff. So I've, you know, I've had good people to fall back on. And obviously uh, God is a constant strength. But I would have thought, Nathan, that, you know, just, just the mere how people see you, and not just Stoke supporters and Stoke people, but people in football generally, I would have thought that's going to put you in, in, in a really good position when, when the next job comes along. Well, look, I, I'm, I'm a certain type of person. I, I, we work hard. We believe we do good work. Um, uh, we're very thorough in how we do things. We are a, um, an innovative staff. We haven't quite got the results that we, we felt we deserved at Stoke, but a lot of good work went into to, to, to enhancing the football club, and we, we believe we've left it in a better place. It's not being disrespectful to anyone, but we united the whole football club. We've got everyone buying into an ethos and, and, and something. They worked for us. We, we united that club, and, and we were very pleased with that. The fans got behind us. We, we believe we, we changed how they how they train, how they, how they, uh, in, in terms of the fitness levels, all things like that. There was, was big strides made right throughout the club. So we're, we're very proud of that. And I said for myself, how I conduct myself as a person, how I conduct myself as a manager, hopefully, look, you know, I'm a certain type of person, I'm a certain type, I'm very passionate about my job. I work very hard. Things haven't quite worked out uh, at this time at, uh, at Stoke, but we did, did, did wonderful work at, at, at Charlton, at, at Brighton, uh, and especially Luton. So, so look, we we believe we, we'll get the opportunities about getting the right opportunity now because we'll want to get this one very, very right um, because we believe our work our work is, is good enough to do that. We're not mentioning any names. Have you got anything in the pipeline? Oh, no, no, look, I look at the Actually, I'm not able to work for a little while, so it's um, yeah. Uh, it, 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 I'll take a minor break now, and I, I've needed that because I've gone, as you said, literally since since I was 16, I left for Cardiff yeah. 30 years ago, and and I've never had a week off in December um, or, ja- or 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 November. Uh, I've worked constantly for, for 30 years, so it's been a bit strange. Um, getting to spend a lot of time with obviously my wife and my dog, uh, which is is welcome it's unusual but welcome so 
and now you're going to be a daddy soon. And yeah, and as I said, we're, we've just found out that we're expecting a, another little addition. So, so it's it's a good time, even though it's it's obviously been a tough time to work. There's there's been a different uh, sort of focus and respite since I've come out of it, and I'm going to get refreshed. I'm going to get uh, refocused, evaluate a few things. What could we done better? What did we feel went well? Um, and then be ready for the next challenge when it comes. Brilliant, Nathan. Well, thank you ever so much for joining us and being so frank and so open about it all. And um, you know, I wish you very, very the best of luck for the next uh, the next job. And we should be keeping an eye on you, and I should be giving you a ring every so often just to pester you. No problem, dogs. Yeah, I could speak to you, H, and uh, hope all's well there. And uh, said anything we can do, uh, we're always here. Great. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you very much indeed. Cheers, H. Thank Cheers. you. A very frank and honest uh, interview there with Nathan Jones. And um, he's looking forward now to his next adventure in football, which will come along, I'm sure, fairly quickly. Uh, but in the meantime, we we'll hope you've enjoyed the show. So please join us again next week when we have another Glover's Golden Oldie for you. And in the meantime, keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. 